And we are back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Well, hey, listen, uh, going to go into number two of the Triple Dipper. I will start off by just saying, um, the, you know, we're going to talk about military readiness. And um, we just had uh, two service members uh, pass away right here in the listening area. Um, you know, the, uh, the Tennessee National Guard uh, Black Hawk helicopter went down uh, just over Highway 53 uh, in Harvest. And, um, and really, just, you know, no explanation as yet that I'm aware of as to what uh, transpired. There were two crewmen on board, both pilots, um, and both were very, uh, uh, you know, uh, experienced pilots. And I believe they were both combat veterans. Uh, Chief Warrant Officer 3, Daniel Wadham, and uh, Chief Warrant Officer 3, Danny Randolph. Uh, so God bless their families, and um, we're certainly sorry that that's, that's happened. Um, but uh, they, they apparently it was a, a full impact. I mean, they're, they're, they, didn't, they didn't have a chance to auto-rotate or do anything coming down. They just, they just went down hard, and uh, it, it says they both uh, died uh, in the actual crash itself. So anyway, uh, blessings upon the families. Uh, we are thankful for their service, and uh, so sorry this happened. Talking about um, military readiness overall, you might want to know this is interesting. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to spend some time sort of unpacking a variety of different things related to military readiness. Some of what I'm going to talk about deals with the force in general. Some of it talks about individual items. Some of it talks about benefits. Some of it talks about, you know, where our major command is going to be located. But military readiness. I mean, here we are at a time when we're watching China have the gall to send a 200-foot-around balloon carrying an entire, you know, 1,000-pound payload uh, of, of intelligence gathering, uh, uh, you know, devices, just sailing across our major military installations. Don't think for a second, by the way, that's all that China's doing. I mean, I know, I'm, I know who I'm talking to. I've got a great audience here. You guys keep up, I know. But China is, just, China is literally not just being a bad actor. They're an aggressor on the world stage right now. Things like, you know, building islands in the South China Sea. Oh, what, what difference does that make, Phil? Well, when you've got landmass, you project your, um, uh, your territorial waters from your, your, your landmass. Well, they build islands, and then they claim that it pushes out their territorial waters. So they're taking over parts of the South China Sea that have never been theirs. And they're, by the way, they're arming those islands. They're, they're, almost, like, they're almost like little sand-based aircraft carriers. I mean, this is, it's crazy. And then you've got the things that are happening uh, in other parts of the world where China appears to be stoking things or, or moving things or just playing that long game. And I, I got some information on that in a minute that I'll get into that I find very interesting about why China does the things it does. The, the, I will say this. China believes it's always at war. China doesn't believe in the concept of war just purely being a hot war. China sees war as being perpetual. And everything you do leads to the concept of war. So we're going to talk about that. Here's a story, though, that I find very interesting. It came out today on 1819news.com. Uh, so Senator Tommy Tuberville is promoting a bill banning transgender soldiers from the serving, serving in the U.S. military. His quote is, our service members must be as capable and deployable as possible. So, yeah, story here on 1819news. U.S. Senator Tommy Tuberville co-sponsoring a bill prohibiting transgender people from those and those diagnosed with gender dysphoria from serving in the U.S. military. He's not saying you can't be gay. He's not saying you can't, um, uh, you know, 
have a lifestyle outside of the uh, uh, the, the the service time or, or duty hours uh, that is different. What he's saying though is we're we're not going to be doing transgender surgeries on people in uniform. We're not going to be worrying about whether or not you get to shower with the opposite sex. We're not doing that. It's a it's a it's a morale killer, and so. The uh, Ensuring Military Readiness Act, which was introduced by Senator Marco Rubio, is co-sponsored by Tuberville, Marsha Blackburn, uh, Mike Braun of Indiana, uh, Jim Banks of Indiana. Um, uh, sorry, Jim Banks of Indiana is going to introduce a, a companion bill in the House. Uh, it, 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 it stands for the idea that we're going to wind up having a fighting force, a fighting force, not a social experimentation force. And, and there are some who right now say that the recruiting issues that we've had, and I'll go into it in more detail in a few minutes, but that the recruiting issues we've had have been in part because of all of the social experimentation and wokeness that we've been seeing perpetrated on the ranks. I had a, I had a guy that was going to call in today and talk about some issues with a family member who is leaving active duty because he's just sick and tired of being sick and tired of woke policies when he joined the military to be a warfighter. And, and, I'll, and I'll tell you right now, if you tell a kid, tell, tell a kid, tell a kid, we will make you into a warrior. Tell him we will, we, will, we will let you see the world. We will take you places you never would have seen otherwise. We'll give you skills. And by the way, you can also teach them how to be a dental hygienist in uniform or a paralegal in uniform or, for that matter, uh, an aviation technician or something else that's actually marketable outside of just the usual combat skills. But tell them you're going to make them into a more sensitive person. And that they're going to help you to diversify the ranks or that you're going to, you know, teach them that someone who has two mommies is just as important as you. They have no desire to join for that. They don't. That's not a recruiting tool. So if you think for a second that the woke policies must be thrust upon those in uniform, I got news. 99.9% of those who serve in the military don't want that. They just want to learn how to be a warrior or to gain the skills or, for that matter, to serve their country. So we're going to talk about all that and a whole lot more, including the latest news on Space Command. Military readiness, number two in the Triple Dipper. You guys stay tuned. We will be right back. Right Side Radio with Phil Williams. It's hard to go wrong when you're on the right side. Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Hey, 
Alabama's syndicated news talk leader, Right Side Radio. Phil Williams here live in the Right Side studios. Man, the local, the state, the national, covering down on all the issues. And yeah, like the dude just said, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Well, I'm in number two of the Triple Dipper, but it's hour number three. How'd that happen, Boomer? What? what? I've actually been taken back by it today. I'm like, wow, we're already in hour number three. <laughs> hour number three on Friday. It's Friday, by the way. Hey, do this. Go ahead and do the sound effect. Ooh, do the, do, do the sound effect. Here we yes. go. Friday. There it is. All right. Welcome. Welcome to the uh, last hour of your Friday for many of you. It's almost go home time. So uh, there's that. But number two of the Triple Dipper. Military readiness. And I know who this audience is, man. I got a whole bunch of green suitors out there at Redstone Arsenal. I've got uh, folks that listen at Aniston Army Depot. We got a ton of veterans in the audience and people who have served in a variety of capacities. And, and, and the defense industry is huge in our, in our listening area. We got a ton of civilian contractors who are part of what makes the military work, too. And we know it. We appreciate you. I just got uh, told a little while ago, too, that we even have people that listen down at Fort Benning, Georgia. So love that. All right. Um, story on military readiness. You may be wondering, what in God's name has taken so long with getting a decision on Space Command? There's only one answer that could possibly be, and it's politics. For whatever reason, politics is still at play. Don't try and tell me it's not. Military.com has a story that came out yesterday. So, the latest is right now that a U.S. senator from uh, Michael Bennett, from Co- Democrat from Colorado, went to the floor of the Senate and gave an impassioned speech, it says. An impassioned speech Wednesday criticizing the decision to move Space Command headquarters to Huntsville, Alabama. A process which, by the way, has indeed been underway since Donald Trump was in office, right? The last year, I think it was, what, 2020? Uh, yeah, I believe it was when the decision was made. Um, so right now, uh, Space Command is currently at Peterson Space Force Base in Colorado Springs, but the, the, the official decision is supposed to be to move it to Huntsville to stay at Redstone Arsenal. It's, it's responsible for military operations, you know, all things related to space. It's, it's, um, it's just right now, it's just really weird that we're still sitting here these several years later. We have had multiple complaints by the Colorado congressional de- delegation. There have been demands that they have to go ahead and relook at everything, run the environmentals, give it a review as to whether or not there was some political work at play that got Huntsville selected. Well, how about this? How about Huntsville is a great location, which is what everything has found. There has yet to be um, a single report that says anything other than there does not appear to be anything wrong with it going to Huntsville. Now, the Government Accountability Office did say they felt like the process was rather unorganized, rather disjointed. Whatever. Is that a showstopper? Shouldn't be. But last month, this same guy, Bennett, apparently threatened to hold up nominees for the Pentagon's top positions because Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin had declined to meet with him yet about Space Command. Well, the final thing that had to happen was a new environmental study, which got done last late last fall, I believe. Air Force Secretary Frank Kendall says to give the ultimate approval. It still sits on his desk. Meanwhile, the tears and angst from Colorado's delegation persist. And we're talking about not only is Space Command kind of a big deal in terms of bringing its flag here, it brings 1,400 jobs and millions of dollars in economic impact to whatever state has it. And right now it's supposed to be coming to Redstone Arsenal. 
Um, so let's 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 just let's just pay or get off the pot here, can we? Can we go ahead, please, and just say, you know what? Everything's done. Let's get her done. Colorado, we're sorry for your luck, but uh, guess what? It's going to be in Huntsville. All right. Um, I, I got a story here that I, I found fascinating. So there's a website called 1945.com that does a lot of defense-related uh, articles. So overall, here, military readiness. I'm going to jump around to a variety of different topics. But the whole thing about the Chinese weather balloon, or not weather balloon, spy balloon, the Ch- no, no, we don't now we don't know what the other three were. Although there is actually, by the way, a hobby group. I just saw a headline right before I came back on the air a little while ago. A, a balloon hobby group says, "Hey, we're missing our balloon over Alaska," and it's believed that that was a hobby balloon that was shot down. I, what it was doing? What does that mean, a hobby balloon? But anyway, the I think it's the Montana uh, Balloon Club lost their balloon, and it's so yeah. But we know that the first one. The big one, the thing that was the size of three Greyhound buses and toting a thousand pound payload with, you know, with satellite, uh, not satellite, but um, uh, solar arrays and antennas collecting data as it flew over the United States to include multiple military installations. We know that it was from China. They've admitted it. They're mad. We shoot out our balloon for because it was freaking flying over our military bases. That's why. Should have shot it down sooner. But here's the thing. This article from 1945, very interesting, written by a guy named James Holmes. I don't know what his background is, but it's, it's a pretty sharp article. He says that the, 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 the balloon may have gathered intelligence about military going-ons and things that are happening. He says, but that was a mere bonus. In his words, he says, if I'm right, Beijing's chief reason for floating that balloon over North America was really to see whether it would elicit a response from the U.S. government and the military as well as the American people. And he says this, and I find this fascinating. He says, China will use what it learned now about American psychology to sharpen its what it calls its three warfare strategy. He says, three warfares refers to China's all-consuming effort to constantly shape the political and strategic environments in its favor by deploying what it calls legal, media, and psychological means says it's a 24-7, 365-day-a-year endeavor. And, and it goes back to Mao Zedong, the Chinese Communist Party's founding chairman, who instructed his disciples that war is politics with bloodshed, and politics is war without bloodshed. So in the Maoist worldview, the article says, there is no peacetime. It's always war, all the time, for communism in China. If that's the case, then we're looking at this not being, you know, anything different. This is not just about intel gathering. This is about finding out how best we would respond and what China can expect from us if they do more. So when you poke the bear and all it does is growl, then you poke the bear twice to see if it'll swipe at you. Anyway, what we're looking at now is China, this article points out, has a three warfare strategy and this is part of it. Says the balloon sightings may fit into China's three warfare's offensive. Suppose you're Beijing and you want to design your strategies and tactics for deterring or coercing the United States, your major opponent. You need to find out how that opponent responds to external stimuli. So you test their reflexes. You do some zany things like sending over some kind of a lighter-than-air craft, towing a solar array or a, or a listening array, and see what they do. So yeah, that to me is fascinating, but that to me also rings true. Now, I got some articles here, and you know I'm going to have it, about wokeness in the U.S. military. 
Now, an article came out in National Review saying that recently the U.S. Army said that wokeness is not, not a primary driver of its current recruitment strategies. Well, <laughs> when you run commercials about Susie having two mommies and being able to follow her dream into the Army, what? how can you possibly say it's not playing a part? You're making it a part. When, when you have an ad that runs that has a Marine Corps helmet and you have multicolored bullets in the shape of a rainbow flag in the band of the helmet, how can you not say you're making woke, not making wokeness a part of things? When you've got a U.S. Navy public affairs video that talks about gender pronouns and, and how best to identify with the people that you serve with in the fleet, well, what is it you're saying when you say that wokeness is not playing a part? All right, we're going to take a break right now. When we come back from this break, I'll just tell you, I've got an article here that breaks it down, and they've got numbers. Why they believe that there's not a factor with wokeness, but when you run their own numbers, you find out just the opposite. And I ain't no rocket surgeon, but I can add a little bit, and I'm going to tell you right now, a big chunk of people, according to their own survey, said wokeness matters. All right, you guys. Bill Williams, Right Side Radio, Military Readiness, number two in the Triple Dipper. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, solid conservative, just plain right. Hey, listen, Just Love Coffee Cafe. Oh, yeah, I'm going there. Just Love Coffee Cafe, two locations in our listening area, one on Hughes Road in Madison, the other on South Parkway in Huntsville. Check them out. And here's the thing. I love doing this to you on a Friday afternoon. How about Saturday morning breakfast? Oh, yeah. You don't want to mess up the kitchen? No. You, want, you don't want the usual biscuit? No. You want some better-than-usual coffee, not the kind you make in your little, uh, you know, coffee maker at the house. No, no. So you want maybe like the treat coffees that Charlene calls them, the cappuccinos, the lattes, the espressos. They've got them. they got them great. They've also got award-winning dry roast coffee, light, medium, and dark roast. But then they've got breakfast. Oh, Lord, they've got breakfast. Like, go get you a giant omelet. It's a giant omelet with eggs, sauces, cheddar cheese, onions, peppers, tomatoes, tater tots, all cooked in a waffle iron sprinkled with black pepper. They've got the bacon tater. It's a hash brown waffle, yeah, with cheddar cheese and bacon sprinkled with black pepper and served with a side of either sour cream or chocolate, your choice, or chocolate or ketchup, your choice. And then they got waffles. They've got eggs. They've got sausage, egg, and cheese biscuits. They've got breakfast burritos. Yeah, Just Love Coffee Cafe is where you might want to go on a nice, cool February Saturday morning. And when you do, tell them you heard about it on Right Side Radio. Hughes Road in Madison. South Parkway in Huntsville. Yes, sir. Just love Coffee Cafe. All right, uh, I'm back into number two of the Triple Dipper, military readiness. So I've got an article here. You know, we talk a lot about wokeness, and not all of my stuff's going to deal with things like that. 
but but you you can't you can't not be a conservative talk show guy and a veteran and not talk about some things that are bugging you like wokeness in the military. So I've got an article here. This one came out from National Review four days ago. Headline: Army says wokeness is not a primary driver of their recruitment woes. Okay, just to just to back you up here, if you hadn't already heard, the military was like the army itself was fifteen. No, excuse me, twenty five percent short of its recruiting goal. I mean, they did not make mission. Twenty five percent short. They had a goal to recruit sixty thousand. They were twenty five percent short, so they were fifteen thousand short of their goal. Huh? Reckon what all got in the way? Well. Could it be a COVID vaccine mandate? I would say so. Could it have been wokeness? I would say so. Well, to find out what's causing it, the Army conducted its own surveys over a period of four months. And here's the deal. They say they conducted the surveys of people between ages 16 to 28. They found that only 5% said wokeness was a deterrent. Really? Only 5%. Now, I would go ahead and do the math on this. If they said only 5% said wokeness was a deterrent, well, maybe we go back and run the numbers. So you missed by 15,000, but you were trying to get 60,000. So 5% of that would be roughly 3,000 people. I'm looking at it saying that tells me that 20% of your shortage might have joined up if it wasn't for wokeness. That's got to play into your thinking. Now, I, I said, I ain't no rocket surgeon, and somebody may get out of the calculator and go, Phil, your numbers are eight up. But that's what I'm getting when I run the math. If they're saying that they were trying to recruit 60,000 soldiers and that they had a, 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 a survey of their own that says that 5% said wokeness was an issue, go ahead and run the math on it and then compare that to what they were short. They were short by 15,000. I can just go ahead and find you 3,000 more you might have had, might have had. We'll never know, but your own survey says you literally had the opportunity there to recruit more, but you were so busy putting things in place that people don't want to be a part of. You know, things like getting soft around the edges and being more sensitive and critical race theory, and you're systemically racist. If you're part of this organization, don't you know how bad it is? Then why am I coming in here? Why do I want to join if you're saying to me it's, it's, a, it's a horrible place? Well, we need you to help soften up the edges and give us a more diverse uh, and equitable and inclusive environment. It's the Army. You don't get a chance to be diverse. Everybody's green. You all shave your heads. Everybody fights. It's the Marine Corps. Everybody's a rifleman. It's, it's you know... There's only one color in the service, and it's green. And there's only one true hairstyle, if you know what I'm saying. There's only one uniform. Uniformity and joining in and being a part of the big green machine is a big part of what it means. You don't get a chance to just go ahead and say, we've decided to make it more diverse and equitable. And inclu-. I know what they're trying to say. I get it. Phil, you're overgeneralizing. Oh, you think? I, I, would, I would dare say that thousands, thousands who could have joined chose not to because of those policies. Now, they went on to say there were other things. They said the top three reasons that young people didn't want to join the Army are, number one, fear of death. Really? Fear of death, concerns about PTSD, and having to leave their friends and family. I would just go ahead and say right now, if that's the case, then I fear for our society. If you're telling me that culture has moved to the point that people don't want to join the Army because they're scared, well, I, I got news. 
You join the army because you may go to hard places and do hard things that test you and give you something to think about for the rest of your life. And it can cause some, I can just tell you, I mean, I just from personal experience, I can tell you that there are times when you think back on it and, and, you, and you think hard. There's other times when you think back on it and you realize, I wouldn't trade it for the world. I was with people doing things that meant, meant something. And, and, you know, truthfully, a very small percentage of our society actually serves. But what they're saying here is they found the top three reasons. I find this to be both laughable and sad all at the same time. Fear of death, concerns about post-traumatic stress disorder, and leaving friends and family. Well, when you join the Army, you got to leave mommy. And when you join the Army, you might go somewhere scary. And when you join the Army, you, you, you might actually go somewhere where people are shooting. And if our entire culture is so averse to those things, then I have to go to my next article from Fox News. Dated February 2nd, this says, headline, China is laughing as U.S. culture war erodes combat readiness, says a former defense secretary. So former acting defense secretary Chris Miller said that China must be laughing hysterically at the United States as senior Pentagon leaders keep getting caught up in culture wars and warned that that focus is hurting U.S. combat readiness. He says hardly anyone joins the military to be part of a culture war. They join the military because they want to serve their country and, if necessary, defend our country, not culture wars. He said his frustration is not with the rank and file, it's with the senior leaders. And I agree with that, by the way. These policies, they get set by the rank and file. And they often get set by the people who aren't in the uniform. It's, it's, in, the, it's in the political side. It's in, the, it's in the, the civilian side of leadership. The, the appointees, if you will. The ones who get confirmed as opposed to the ones who actually enlist. But folks, I'm just telling you, this article, it ain't off base. If you joined, you joined to be a part of a single entity, not to go and make your agenda known to the world. And we got to get out of this wokeness. All right, we'll come right back. I'll talk about a few other things related to military readiness. Y'all stay tuned. We will be right back. back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, solid conservative, just plain right. I'm talking about we cover down on some ground across the northern half of the great state of Alabama, going way on down south of Birmingham, up north of Huntsville, Tuscaloosa, back to Gadsden, parts of Georgia, Tennessee, and even Mississippi, all thrown in just for good measure. Got some great text going on right now about the uh, the concepts of uh, wokeism in the military and what it's taken to, to get us back to a, um, a full-strength fighting force. 
Uh, Glenn from Bluntsville just texted in and says, I never thought about possibly dying when I joined the military at 18 years old. I guess I wasn't raised to be a pansy. <laughs> there you go. Uh, uh, what else do we have here? Um, yeah, Pete from Decatur. He says, this rider and rougher than a man has a right to be. Uh, I like it. I may make that T-shirt out of that one. Brian from Huntsville just says, hoa. Um, uh, hoa back to you, man. Uh, let me go to the phone. Is that Lee from Huntsville? Lee, how are you doing today? Hello. Hey, Lee, how are you? I'm good. Um, I wanted to uh, just say something about the China, China, Chinese influence and on our military and, and about readiness in All general. Right. Yeah. Go ahead. So, well, you know, the Chinese think very long term. They think in terms of like centuries, not, you know, 10, 15, 20 years like we do. Right. Um, and they, you know, they have a long memory and they have a long foresight. So they, through a lot of means, not the least of which is their social media like TikTok, et cetera, but in a lot of ways, how they influence our universities with their students and their their Chinese um, uh, partnerships there and things like that, they so distrust, they so problems, they see how, you know, if you look at the rules for radicals, one of the main things you have to do is divide a society. And if you look back at, like, the Russian Revolution, it was the different, uh, you know, the poor versus the rich. Here, are, are, you know, like here you don't have that quite as much because there's mobility like there wasn't there. You know, you couldn't really move from one category to the other. Um, but here you have they so mistrust within different racial groups, ethnic groups, uh, you know, different almost regional groups, et cetera. And they like to sow this mistrust. They like to sow this othering of other people. And they're 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 subtly influencing us because the way you get a society to fall is from within that's mm. as strong as ours, not from without. And they know I can't remember who it was that said they couldn't attack America because behind every blade of grass was someone with a gun. <laughs> I know it was a Chinese person, but um they they know that we're armed, so they know that they have to defeat us from within. And if you, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but someone had um, transcribed a, a meeting notes from the Chinese that said where they had discussed how they would divide up the United States. And this is not from a long time ago. This is from like within the last five years on how they would divide up the U.S. And best use it. They're not going to attack us in like a nuclear way because they don't want to destroy the land. See, China can't feed itself. China has too many people with not enough available land. If anybody knows anything about China, they all live in this one, like a third of the country. And two thirds of this massive country is not really usable. And a large portion of it is desert. So they can't feed their people. They need food, so they have to buy it from other places. And they look long term to think, what could we do with this country? Who we're, we're an absolute bounty of what we have very little desert. We have so much farmland. I know I'm going on, but I'm just saying they they want what we have. Oh, and do. if we don't stop 30, 40, 50 years from now, we could be looking at being taken over by other countries. I do not disagree with the words you just said. You know, some of the things that we're seeing right now out of China, like, for instance, uh, energy production, they're, they're, they're building coal-fired uh, power plants left and right right now. We're shutting ours down and then importing uh, oil from other countries. And it's, it's just, 
it boggles the mind. I don't understand the short-sightedness of, uh, of a U.S. leadership in this regard. Um, and, and, and while I don't have you don't a, uh, oh, I, no, I, I, I do, I, I don't understand. You, I don't understand why they're making the nobody. decision, but I, but I, but I certainly see where it's going and I see what China's gaining from it. Absolutely. Um, it's just, you're right. They play the long game. They even call it the long game. Um, but right. wow. Well, Lee, as always, great call. Thanks so much for your, your time. Appreciate you. All right. Wow. It's, it's, she's, 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 she's usually on the money. Uh, she's right, by the way. China is playing the long game. They they see what we've got. They want what we've got. They can't destroy it because uh, they know they can't use it. They they don't want to break it. They want to break us down so they can step in and take over. Um, and we have to be uh, aware of that. Hey, back on true on uh, uh, military readiness. Uh, Military.com, again, has a story that came out uh, January 20th that despite the fact that they didn't make a recruiting mission over the last year, the Army thinks it may be getting back on track, and that's, that's good news. Uh, the Army, it says, might be, might be the key word here, might be on track to meet its recruiting goals this year. Uh, since the start of the new fiscal year, which began in October, the, re- the Army has now recruited 18,500 new soldiers. That's 13,000 more in the pipeline. And if they can keep that kind of goal, uh, that kind of uh, effort up, they believe that they'll hit the marks for this year. And that's, that's an encouragement. That's good. I'm glad to hear it. Um, I would also point out the vaccine mandate has now gone away. Uh, the, uh, the, there's been a little time for some of us and not enough, uh, but there's been a little time since the Afghanistan debacle. And there's been sort of a, um, a pushing back against wokeness that I think is, is helping. Um, but the army's goal this year is to bring in 65,000 new soldiers after they fell 15,000 short last year. And if it keeps up, the army says that it may actually exceed that goal. Um, if things can, and that's good because what I understand is the first quarter of the fiscal year is usually the hardest to recruit because it's in the middle of, you know, holiday seasons and all that kind of stuff. Well, um, yay. But they do say that they've also put some impediments in their own way, which is interesting to me. So they started the new thing called the Military Health System uh, Genesis Program, which gives them the ability to look back into people's medical records in great detail. Whereas before they could say, all right. Uh, if you broke your foot as a kid, don't tell us. Now they can't avoid it. Now they now they now they've got injuries from you know 20 years ago. They have to explain and get waivers, and then you know dealing with anyway. The bottom line is what we're looking at is recruiting. At least is doing better. Here's a story that I printed out just because it creeps me out. Boomer, have you seen? Some of the videos they're coming up with with artificial intelligence yes. and with not only air drones, but with like land-based drones, like robots, like dog-shaped robots. Oh, dog-shaped robots and then the robots without heads. Yes. Why do they make it without I, heads? I don't know. That still bugs me. It's just like, like this little, I don't know. Yeah. Put a head on the thing and make it smile, please. Yes. All right, but. <laughs> make it smile. Make it smile. <laughs> just, it should. It should look at you and, and appear friendly right before it just blasts you with the... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, DARPA, um, the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, DARPA, uh, just recently successfully um, flew an F-16 with using artificial intelligence. Whoa. Yeah. I mean, we're to the point where y- you want to say, and then Skynet became self-aware. <laughs> yeah. And, and took and the next thing you know, we're fighting the machines, and we're having to read the matrix. Um, but yeah, it says that uh, 
DARPA's Air Combat Evolution Program, which aims to advance the Pentagon's autonomous systems capabilities uh, using robotic wingmen, they call it, and other drones, successfully controlled an F-16 fighter jet during an initial round of tests in California. Um, story that came out in the last couple of days. Uh, you're not hearing much about this in other places, but it says we conducted multiple sorties with numerous test points performed on each sortie to test the algorithms under varying starting conditions, simulated adversaries, and simulated weapons capabilities. It goes on to say, too, the agency did have a human pilot on board in case anything had gone wrong. I would not have want to been that pilot. Can you imagine being that pilot? Uh, you're okay. Uh, releasing stick, giving way to AI, and then sit back and go, oh, God, while the computer flies your F-16 at, at, at Mach something. All right, that's happening. They're doing it. We got a caller on the line? No? Uh, no, sir. All right. Um, okay. Now, I'm an old-school Army guy, right? I just retired in 2017, uh, including my Guard and Reserve time, but just just – I joined back when we wore black boots and had to put Kiwi on the boots, right? I joined back when the, when the PT test, you, you, sometimes you ran it in boots. Thank you very much. Uh, when the ruck marches were legit. And, and, you know, ask anybody that ever went to ranger school when they went, and they'll tell you back when it was hard. So there's that. I get it. I get it. Everybody thinks they went back when it was harder. But I look at some things that are happening now. And so the Army PT test, there was never a question. We had females in the Army, and they had their own standards, but they still had to do the same PT test. We had a PT test, which, by the way, there are aspects of it that I didn't like. Uh, you know, having to clasp your hands behind your neck to pull your neck up uh, and, and do sit-ups was one of my least favorite things in the history of the world, and maybe partly how I herniated the discs in my neck. But you just did the stuff, right? Army PT test. Push-ups, sit-ups, two-mile run. Push-ups, sit-ups, two-mile push-ups, sit-ups, two-mile run. Just do it. And oh, by the way, you didn't have to like have a half a day just to set up for the PT test. You all you had to place it to run. We had to have a track or a, or a there and back type running course, and you had to have a stopwatch, and you had to throw down a mat on the ground if you were lucky to do your you know your your sit-ups on. Somebody had to hold your feet. That's about as far as it went. Now they've got the ACFT, the new Army um, Combat Fitness Test. This thing has been the most embattled, overthought thing I have ever seen. And it's not even truly implemented yet, and they're already making changes again. Like, again. Like it was about to be released, and then Congress got hold of it and said, well, we think that's unfair to, to women. Really? So now we don't. Now you have to do planks. You don't even do. Come on. Well, story here on military.com again. More changes brewing for the Army fitness test. Changes are coming to the Army combat fitness test as the service looks to comply with a law mandating that it create a gender-neutral assessment by June. A continuation of the struggle over the test that was finally rolled out in October, following years of delay. Could you have anything more overthought than this? Just go back to doing push-ups, sit-ups, and a two-mile run and call it done. Because right now, they're having to set up kettlebells and deadlifts and shuttle runs courses and God knows what else. I don't even remember what all. Sergeant Major Michael Grinston, 
the sergeant major of the Army, during an event hosted by the AUSA, said the service is now weighing whether to use a new general, virtu- new general neutral version of the ACFT with higher standards for combat armed soldiers or then repurpose physical tests currently required for other badging. I'm just telling you, folks, they are so overthinking this. They just, just, just freaking get back to making sure they have a modicum of fitness doing push-ups, sit-ups. If you want to go one step further, add in the Marine Corps version of doing pull-ups and a two- or three-mile run and collar done. Do some people do well? Yep. Do some people do poorly? Yep. Does it seem to match up to everything we have to do in terms of functional fitness? No. At the same time, you could get it done and get back to training. All right, Boomer, take me to a break, brother. I ran that one a tad long. We'll come right back, wrap up the day, because it's Friday, and you guys are heading to the house. Let me say this before we go. Greatest military in the face of the earth. I may get irritated, but I am proud to serve, and I'm proud of all y'all who did too. All right, Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Y'all stay tuned. We will be right back. Side Radio, solid conservative, just plain right. That was it, Boomer. That was the bump. That was the one. He asked me, which one of the Black Crow songs is the one? And we, we nailed it. That was it. I love that one. That was, and that was, uh, that's Remedy? Yeah. Remedy by Black Crows? Off of a yeah. Shake Your Money Maker album, I believe, mm-hmm. back in the 90s. Um, a good one. Yeah, Black Crows at their height were just rocking. All right. Um, hey, l- I tell you what. Let me. I gotta. I gotta. I gotta pause here and and give you guys the scoop again. ZLA Solutions. They've been sponsoring this show since the day we went on the air. Uh, they are in the middle of a major hiring thing right now, where they are they are recruiting for high tech white collar jobs at Redstone Arsenal at a brand new facility that shall remain unnamed for right now. But these are the kind of jobs that are just oh man, when they come up, you gotta grab them. And so ZLA has already been recruiting for these. Uh, they're, they're, they're running new ads in the area off of Right Side Radio for this purpose. Let me just tell you, ZLA Solutions is kicking. When it comes to being the company that puts jobs and people together, I don't know that anybody's doing a better uh, job at that than they are. And they, they can do it for temp or direct hire, blue collar, white collar, no collar, don't matter. They can do the recruiting, the background checks, the drug testing, all of it. So if you're an employer looking to fill out the ranks of your workforce, whether it be onesies and twosies, or a whole shift of people, you can go to ZLA Solutions at their website, ZLAUSA.com. That's ZLA Solutions at ZLAUSA.com. Start that relationship with them. They will work with you to do what they call making your business better. That's their goal in life, help you make your business better. So, yeah, check them out, ZLA Solutions at ZLAUSA.com. And tell them you heard about it on Right Side Radio. I would appreciate it. Uh, got a bunch of stuff going on the text line, so I'll just jump over there and grab some of those while we have some time. Um, where did it go? The one I just saw. 
Ike from Somerville says, back in the days of the Black Boot Army, and how about the days when the PT test had the bars as one of the events? Yeah, man, that's old school right there. <laughs> but yeah, the Black Boot Army, how many times did you have to rub kiwi on your boots and get a spit shine before you went out there for inspection? There's an entire generation right now that doesn't even know how to shine a boot. I mean, they can still fight, but dang, there was something about having to shine those boots and just smelling the kiwi in the barracks. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Danny from Decatur. Uh, what's he got here? California used to have a law that if you're always oh, talking about the occupational taxes and stuff like that, he says, California used to have a law that if you retired in California, you still had to pay the state income tax, no matter where you lived. Wow. He said, there was a story of a man retired, moved to New York, and then got a bill from California based on his federal tax returns. His wife had never even been in California. Uh, listen, that I don't, I do not doubt it, Danny. And, uh, in fact, there's, um, there's a move right now in the California state legislature to pass what they call an exit tax. They're losing so many people. They're talking about sending people a tax bill on the way out of the state for taking their income elsewhere. I don't know how they're going to constitutionally make that work, but they're trying. Uh, Jim from Madison says, maybe AI will overcome the Pentagon's natural stupidity. I don't, I don't know. But I don't know if I want AI running the Pentagon. I'm just saying. As flawed as some of the, the leadership has been in recent years, I don't know that I want AI taking care of it. Um, John from Huntsville is pointing out that I didn't get an I didn't get a complete triple dipper, Boomer, so I got a, I got a B plus for the day. <laughs> You're gonna have to start grading me on content, John. It's content, brother. You, you want you want quality, you want quantity. I mean, so I, anyway, all right, I'll, oh, I'll, I'll have to get it. Brian from Huntsville says, I want our, our, our sink to pass one. Yeah, the commander-in-chief to pass a PT test. Mm, ain't going to happen. Then again, he's not supposed to. But anyway, you know, you just, anyway, whatever. Um, Brad from Limestone County, with regards to the AI, he says, Skynet is self-aware. The U.S. president is not. <laughs> That's from Brad over in Limestone County. Sama, our truck driver, he says, maybe we need Starship Trooper type of civilization. You don't vote if you don't serve. No wokeness there. Nice. That was uh, that was an interesting. If you've never read the book Starship Troopers, it did not match the movie at all. I think we talked about that on the show once before. <laughs> uh, I'm not a science fiction fan, but a friend of mine one day said, "You got to read this book. What is it? Starship Troopers? I don't know. No, man, you got to read it. It's about paratroopers in the future and stuff like that. Oh, really? So I read it. It was fascinating, and it did have that whole thing in there about you don't vote if you don't serve in the military. Um, but then. The movie came out, and it was like Beverly Hills 90210 fights bugs in outer space. It was, it was weird. <laughs> All right, folks, Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Boomer and I are back here tomorrow, excuse me, Monday at 2. Y'all have an amazing weekend, and we will see you then. Side ruffians out there, you are listening to.